You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. You guys agree with that? Um, I I, kind of laid a foundation and said that that in our difficulties, what we'll find is that God is faithful. That video talked about Jesus being our anchor in in our difficulties. And, And then last week, I talked about we have to exercise faith. We have to believe that, that God is with us and that Jesus is, is able to overcome the challenges that, that we face. And, and so uh, as we continue to progress, I, I read a, a quote from a book that, that really struck me this week. And uh, Elisa Wagner put it like this, Sometimes God brings his greatest rains with a storm. Sometimes God brings his greatest blessings with our difficulty. It's, it's, on, it's in our greatest challenges. It's, in, it's in, our, in our difficulties that we find that God is, is, is building our character and he's strengthening us and, and, he, and he makes us people that are, that are dependent on him, but not only dependent on him, but we understand that he is able to do what we can't. You see, with God, nothing is impossible. Everything is possible with God. He can do what, we, what man cannot do. And so uh, as we continue, I I want to lay out the themes because it's important for us to grab a hold of what I I believe the Bible shows us in adversity. The first theme is that he's faithful. You you need to know that God is faithful, no matter what we're going through. And then the second theme is that we have to have faith. Not really faith in people because sometimes people fail us, but faith in God. Amen? But it's good to have people around us, people of faith, to build up our faith. And then the third thing, we're going to talk about that today, is that we need to be obedient. We need to trust that God is going to be with us and and do the things that he called us to do. And when we do that, the fourth theme comes into, into practice, and that is that God will establish us through our trials. In other words, we'll be like a tree that's deeply rooted in some good soil. And when those storms come, we won't fall over. We won't be swept away. Our house is in a good foundation so that when the storms come, our house is going to stand in those difficult times. And we only do that through God and being established. And then the last thing that I'll talk about is that God not only wants to establish us, but he wants to enlarge us. And some of you are thinking, yeah, he's doing a good job right now. (laughs) But he wants to enlarge us. And and what I mean by that is that he wants to do greater things in our lives than we've ever seen him do. He brought a a, a wonderful, uh, uh, wonderful musician from Florida because he wanted to enlarge the praise ministry at Living Word Chapel. And in two days... Jay Drake poured into these musicians, and what happened from that is that they became better. They became tighter, as in music. I, I learned some things because I sat in the class. I would have never known what that meant. They became tighter. They, they, they're not building sandwiches. But they're coming like a puzzle, and they're becoming tighter, and, and, they're, they're, and it was great, wasn't it? But that's because God wants to enlarge them. He wants to make them bigger, and he wants to make us bigger. 
He wants for us to, to do things that we never could do without him. Amen? Because he's God. But it's in adversity, it's in our challenges that we begin to understand that we can't, but God can. See, that's one of the greatest things about challenges, and I want you to just kind of grab a hold of this nugget. We can't, but God can. And I learned that 20, going on 21 years ago, I came to the place in my life where I couldn't. Oh, I thought I could, but I found out that I couldn't. And I put my faith in Jesus. And 21 years later, He can. And every struggle that we go through, we begin to find out. So as we talk about obedience in week three, this is what we're talking about. It is during our challenges and our greatest adversities that our obedience will be tested. Because when challenges come, you don't want to obey, you want to run. You don't want to stand, you, you want to do your own thing, you want to react. But you, God is calling us to be obedient in those difficult times. And it's not obedient for our salvation. And it's, in other words, it's not what we do so that God will, will save us and will receive us. It's, it, that's already been settled. Jesus paid it all on the cross. It's not for our salvation. It's because of our salvation. It's because we are saved that we say, Lord God, we're going to do what you say because it's good. And so what you find is, is that there's, there's spiritual building blocks. And, and, and us as men, we like to build things. Uh, the men go, ah, <laughs> Right? And we build things, and we understand that blocks are important. And so w- when you put spiritual building blocks, you find out that building block number one is that God is faithful. You lay that down. And then building block number two is that uh, because he's faithful, we exercise faith in him. Exercise means you do something. You actually move out and you say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I don't care what this looks like. I'm going to move out. I'm going to go forth. And then the third thing when you exercise faith is uh, when adversity comes, we trust, but we obey. We do the things that God called us to do. We don't go back and do the things that we did before God. And so I got some scripture that will really lay a fantastic foundation from Hebrews chapter 5, verses 7 and 8. But I want to pray first as we, as we go into the word. Thank you, Lord, for second service. Uh, thank you for every person here. We'll just slow down, Lord, right now. We want to hear from you. I prepared a message, Father, and I'm just a messenger. I'm just a, an imperfect person. But today we're going to talk about the perfect one. Jesus. And so we take that very seriously, Lord, and I pray that by your Holy Spirit you will use me as your vessel. You will speak through me, empower me. Lord God, let me be very clear. The things that I've prepared, I pray that they will come out and, and, and be very understandable for everyone. And the things that maybe I didn't prepare, Holy Spirit, that you'll quicken them to my heart, to my, to my, to my speech, that they will also be very understandable for everyone here. And when we leave, may we grasp the fact that we can overcome adversity through Jesus. And we can obey you, Lord, through Jesus. So we, we pray for this in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen.
So the scripture goes like this. It's from the NLT. It says, when Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleading. Pleading. Pleading is like, oh God, I, I, I need you. Have you ever pleaded with God? Have you ever it's been in a very difficult time and you're just like, Lord, I, I need you now, Lord. I need you right now. So it says that Jesus prayed and he pleaded with loud cry, with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. And then this is, a, this is a, the, the verse I really want us to grab a hold of. Even though Jesus was God's son, even though Jesus was God in the flesh, the son of God, he learned obedience from the things that he suffered. Jesus learned to obey the Father, and he, he had to come and feel everything that we've gone through. There is nothing that we've ever gone through that Jesus did not go through. Losing people that, you, that, that we love, Jesus went through that. People hurting him, people abandoning him, Jesus went through that. He suffered through that. But he learned how to obey God through his sufferings. And because Jesus lives in those who have trusted in him, and because we're in him, in Christ, we will learn how to be obedient through the things that we go through. Every challenge that we face is a classroom for us to become more like Christ. Instead of us looking at adversity like, oh, I can't believe the devil's doing this, and I can't believe this is happening. I cannot believe that these people are putting me through this, and the people, and the people, and the people. Remember that movie, Sybil? She'd go on the people, and the people, and the people, and the people. You ever feel like that? And the people, and the people. But instead of us facing it like that, we say, Lord God, I'm in the classroom. And you want me to learn to be obedient in this difficulty that I'm going through. One of the ways that we overcome adversity is by learning to be obedient. And if we don't learn it, guess what happens? You'll go through it again. You ever thought, I've been around that mountain one, been around that mountain one more time? Right? I don't want to go another. Hey, Jay, I'm doing pretty good, huh? One and a two. And... But there's three things that I want us to kind of grab a hold of because I think it's very scriptural. There's, there are so many things that we face. There are so many challenges that all of us face. But I, here's three that I, that I think they're, they're, they're kind of bombs. They, they hit us. And they, they, they try to derail us, get us off track, keep us from being obedient, keep us from, from, from leaning on God. And the first thing is this. You'll never learn to truly love the unlovable until you've experienced hate. You'll never learn to love 
the unlovable until you've experienced what hate is. And I'm talking about hatred on any level. Because hatred on any level brings adversity. When someone hates you, and and you're thinking, I don't even know how that can happen because I'm pretty lovable. I've got some people, I've got some people that I'm very close to. Pastor Bob, Mike, Pastor Bob wasn't here first service. I talked about Mike, so Mike, I'm gonna give my bro. PB and I have had a relationship for 20 years. And in that relationship, we've, we've, we've built trust. And I know that he loves me. And, I, I, and, and he knows that I love him because we've gone through thick and thin together. And he, would ne- he, he may have to work through things. I may have to work through things, but we work through them together. And we love each other. But there are some people in my life And I don't know if it's because of the way I talk or if it's because of the way I dress or maybe the way that I act. But they don't like me. And you have them too, so don't go, you know. (laughs) Sorry, PJ. Feel for you. We have them. You ever had someone, some guy tell you, dude, hate you. Really? What did I do? But when someone, see, see, it's very easy for me to love Pastor Bob. Very easy. Now when someone hates me, those people that, that don't like me, it's not that easy for me to say, I love them. We want to react. But what I find is that God is teaching me how to love when they don't love me. Because that's what God does. And you see, there's hatred all over the place. There's hatred, there's racial hatred. There was a day when 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 a white person and a black person, there was severe hatred. There was a day when a when a when a black an African American and a and a and a and a Hispanic had hatred. It was racial. And when you come to Christ, that barrier, that racial barrier, is broken. And you're you're linked through the blood of Christ. And it's huge. And so you begin to learn how to love each other. Doesn't matter what, what your ethnicity is. And there's political hatred. There, there, there's, there's some people that absolutely hate someone that's a, a, of a different political affiliation than them. They hate them. There is no good. Whatever. There is no good the other party. And then even, even in, in social, the so, your social status, there's, there, there, there are some times that when you don't walk with God, that people that have higher social status, they're more affluent, that they will look down on those that maybe don't have the fortune and the fortunate that those have. And so there's actually hatred. 
In fact, in Hinduism, there's a caste system where there's different levels and people are looked upon in what level you're in. That never happens with Christ. And so in those difficulties, you begin to find that you need to learn to love people even when they may not love you back in return. Jesus said something that is startling. Jesus said, you have heard that it was said, he's talking to a Jewish audience, a big audience listening to him, and he says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And in that, there's a learning curve. Because when we're hated, we suffer. When people talk about us, when they persecute us, we suffer. It's a great challenge. It, have you ever been around someone and, 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 and maybe, you know, there's a, there's a social group and maybe at work or at school, I remember, you know, me going through different times and maybe there's a group of people and they're talking and they're laughing and you walk up to them and they stop. I must have been a part of that conversation. Or they walk away, and, 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 and so the, the natural tendency is for us to build up some kind of a wall and, and, and for us to not want to love them. Amen? But God calls us to learn how to love those people that don't love us because that's what Jesus did. You see, it's very easy for me to love Pastor Bob and very easy for me to love Mike. And it's very easy, it's very easy for me to love this guy right here, Joe Tafoya. Known him for a long time. But there are people that have come into my life that have actually tried to hurt us at times. Sometimes people have even hurt my family. And those people are not easy to love. And, and we all have them. And God calls us to be obedient. Because obedience is different than feeling. Love is not a feeling. For 28 years, Shauna and I have been married. I think that's awesome. And a lot of those years, Shauna did not, she did not feel like if she loved me. But she chose to love me. You see, love is never a feeling, never. Love is obedience. Love is a choice to love. Just, just for service, beautiful there was a there was a, a a dear a dear lady that that there were some things that happened in, in recently and and she she picked up an offense and 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 she and the Lord just ministered to her and she came and there was reconciliation that occurred because that's what God desires to do He doesn't want you to live in hatred because hatred will destroy you 
Hatred will work inside of your heart. It'll work inside of your soul. And you'll get all of this, this yucky cancer. It's a spiritual cancer. And sometimes, so here's the deal. So sometimes you start walking with God. And you think everyone's going to be happy about it. But that's, that's not even the case. Amen? In fact, Jesus said this. He said, blessed are you when people insult you when they persecute you, when they falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Because you serve Jesus. So, so when you start serving Jesus, not everyone claps and goes, rah, 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 rah. Some people say, who in the world do you think you are, homie? You're no good for nothing trying to act all holier than thou. Vato. And Jesus says, blessed are you when these people persecute you, when they speak false things about you. Blessed. Rejoice, he says. Rejoice because great is your reward in heaven. You see, people don't have to clap for me on earth because I know they will clap for me in heaven. But you have to learn to be obedient to love those people that maybe do not or are not very fond of us in those times. God will turn it around for his glory. See, we learn the things of God. We learn the things of Christ. That's so scriptural. In fact, in in Ephesians 4, verses 20 through 24, it says this. When you start living contrary to the things of God, if you're you're a Christian, you start uh, walking maybe in some immorality or maybe some, some strife or some hatred, the, the, the Bible calls us right back to get back on, on square, get back on line. It says, but you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and you have been taught in him. See, the Bible teaches us in him. The Bible's all about Jesus. It's all about Christ. Just as truth is in Jesus that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, it tells us we're not the same people we were when, before we came to Christ. We're not those people anymore. We begin to learn Christ. Instead of us getting angry, instead of us hating people, we choose in Christ to be empowered by the Holy Spirit and to love. Everything else is deceit. It's deception from the devil. Hate them, you're going to feel better. Hate them! Don't that feel better? Mm, yeah. It says, put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. See, we put on Christ. We learn Christ. And just as Jesus 
learned obedience through the things that he suffered. We will learn and grow in obedience through the things that we suffer. Here's, let me tell you something. There's a danger, danger, danger in the church sometimes being, they preach in some circles that nothing should ever go wrong in your Christian life. Hogwash. Bologna and macaroni. Jesus said, in this life, you will have trials and tribulation. He's talking to disciples. He said, be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. I love the way that legendary coach uh, John Wooden put it. John Wooden was a, was a Hall of Fame coach, coached UCLA to many championships. He said, how many of us have conflicts with someone else and how many of us pray for that person? We have individuals with whom we are competitive or whom we dislike or have a quarrel with, but very few of us have true enemies in the martial sense. That means in, in, like in war, times of war where militaries go against each other. And yet, if... Abraham Lincoln could pray fervently and contemporary reports indicate that he did for the people who were opposing him, how much more can we do for someone we just find a little irritating? How much more, beloved, can we not choose to pray to God for him to fill us with his love so that we can love those that are unlovable. You see, Jesus gave us one commandment. His one commandment was, I want you to love one another. And you go around communities and churches don't even talk to each other. That's not supposed to happen. He didn't say, he didn't even tell us love the world. He says, I love the world. I'll, I'll bring those people that are in the world, I'll bring them to you. You love each other so that the world can see that there's something real where you're at. One of the greatest testimonies in my life was when my dad came and there was a religious disagreement because he was from a diff- different denomination than I was as I came to Christ. And he said, uh, you know, I don't know about this born again stuff, mijo. But he observed us for six months, me and my wife. Now, before Christ, we had so much quarreling. We had so much strife. We had so much dishonesty. 99.9% of the time on my part. And when he came in to see this new facet of life, six months into it, he said, I have never seen love like I see here. God provides love when people hate us, when hate tries to creep into your life. See, hate will destroy you, bro. Sis, hate will destroy you. You need to grow in the love of God. We learn obedience through the things we suffer. Number two, 
You'll never learn compassion until we've witnessed animosity. Where there is strife or where there's abuse, if you've ever been abused, there will always be challenges. There will always be adversity. It's like if you're climbing this mountain and you're pushing up a big rock, this rock that, of, of animosity and strife and this horrible situation that's happened to you. If, you. if you have animosity in a home, when you go, you don't even feel like going home. You go to work and you're saying, you know what, maybe, maybe I need to just go do something for a couple hours before I go home because you don't want to go into that animosity. Or strife. There's challenges with that. And you're either going to, when, when, these, when this hostility, this, this animosity comes, you're either going to uh, choose to get, uh, to be in this, this, this strife, or you're going to choose to be compassionate. When you're compassionate, you tap into the power of God. Because you don't feel like being compassionate. You feel like hitting them. The compassion that comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Strife and, and, and and the animosity is a work of the flesh. And so they're at they're at polar opposites, they're at two different places. Jesus, he would look at people and despite all their imperfections, despite all the the, the stuff that they had, he would have compassion. The Bible tells us he was going through all the cities and the villages and he was teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and he was healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. And how many of us know that when people are are, are, are full of disease and they're, and they're sick, that they are in a great adversity. You're full of, if you're full of cancer, if you're, if you're going through something, if you've got back pain, if you're going to have back surgery, it is a challenge in your life. And Jesus would come against those things and he would teach them the good news because Jesus is good news. Jesus is, I, I will pay it all for you so that you can enter into a relationship with God the Father. That's good. It's not dependent on you. It's dependent on Him. And then He would see sickness. He would see, he would see uh, uh, a disease. And look at what the Word says. Seeing the people, He felt compassion. Found compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. And he said, I'm the great shepherd and I'm here. Can I tell you what people do? Can I tell you what we do? When people are going through stuff, well, your liver's messed up, dude, because you drank too much. You got cancer because, lung cancer, because you smoke too much. You're in this place because you did this. You're all messed up because of this. Sometimes I think it's important for us to just shut 
Because Jesus doesn't look at us and say, look at what you've done. Jesus says, let me tell you what I can do for you. You're hurting, man. I'm your answer. You've, you've picked up these habits. I'm your solution. How many of us in here have come from all kinds of yuck? And you know, and, and sometimes we don't sit. Sometimes we don't sit and just, just let God be God. Do you know that if I was to shut <laughs> with my wife sometimes wow instead of telling her hey you're doing this you're doing that can I tell you that if, he, if she was to sometimes sometimes and just sit back and rest in God and see how Jesus faced animosity see how Jesus faced all these different effects of sin disease all these things are an effect of sin Daniel plan coming up. <laughs> if we would just take God's approach. But here's the thing that until you've been in animosity, you'll never learn how to be compassionate. Th those times, can I tell you those things that I've, those times that I've blown it with my wife, that I've blown it with my kids, my young adults, that I've blown it with people. I, I've blown it with people. The Lord says, let's go back to the drawing board. One and a two and a three and a four. He is all, and he's the same with us. See, God's not down on us. It's not like you blew it. He says, I want you to learn. See, church, church should never be about how bad you are. It should always be about how good God is. Tweet that. You'll get a lot of likes. He's a life changer, but he's always teaching us. He's always growing us. The great uh, evangelist, D.L. Moody, put it like this, no matter how down you are and no matter what your disposition has been, you may be low in your thoughts, your words and actions. You may be selfish. Your heart may be overflowing with corruption and wickedness, Yet Jesus will have compassion upon you. 
He will speak comforting words to you, not treat you coldly or spurn you as perhaps those of earth would, but will speak tender words and words of love and affection and kindness. Just come at once. He is a faithful friend, a friend that will stick closer than a brother. That guy right there, Mike Sloan, he'll stand by me. I know that. I'll stand by him. He knows that. But Jesus, Jesus is even greater. You ever gone to a friend and the friend says to you, dude, it's going to be okay. Honey, listen to me, honey. It's going to be okay. That's exactly how God is. In a greater way, it's going to be okay. I love you. I'm with you. I'm teaching you. You ever put rules and regulations on people? Continued rules and regulations? Do this, do this, do that. It just overwhelms. That's not God. His grace teaches us. Last point. We learn obedience through the things we suffer. Number three, you'll never learn to forgive until you've been offended. I think this is probably the single greatest adversity that we face is being offended. Unforgiveness creeps in. Unforgiveness is, you think anger is bad and all this. Unforgiveness is a cancer that will not let you be free. And every relationship, every, every circumstance, every person, you will be in that, you'll go around that same mountain. And through those offenses, God is teaching us that we can forgive. Forgiveness is not when you feel like forgiving because there are some things that you'll never feel like forgiving. There are some things that happen in my life that I would never forgive if it was up to me. I forgave because it was up to God. And I'm free from them now. Jesus learned to forgive through his suffering. What do you mean, Pastor? What do you mean? It's scriptural. He learned obedience. He learned to forgive. Was Jesus the most popular person on earth? First year of ministry, 30 years old, popular. Jesus! He heals the sick. He feeds people. Jesus! Second year, the religious people get mad and they start dividing people and people are quarreling over him. Third year, people begin to abandon him. John 6.66 tells us that 
All of his disciples left him because he said, I am the bread of life. He who eats of me will not perish but have life. And they said, how are we going to eat you? He said, these are spiritual words. But at the very end of his life, he went to the cross and everyone betrayed him. He felt shame because they took him down the streets with a linen cloth. It would be like us taking Andrew down Highway 77 in his Hanes BVDs. Shame. He felt pain. People hit him. Beat him. He felt abandonment. Could, can I tell you, in, because he came to feel everything we did, he had to learn obedience to forgive. You're saying, no, pastor. Then how could he, how could he sympathize with us? Hebrews chapter 4, about verse 15, says that he sympathizes with us. He doesn't only sympathize with us, he empathizes with us. He's been there. And the Bible says that the crowd watched. When the crowd watched, they were giving, a, they were giving their full uh, allegiance to that. And the leaders scoffed, and the soldiers mocked him. The soldier, ha, ha, ha! You say you're the son of God! That's exactly how it was. It wasn't like you say that you're the son of God. Because they hated him. Because it was the devil against God. And, and the religious leaders, because religion opposes God. Religion keeps people from God. Because they keep people from Jesus. Jesus. Do this, do that, do this, and if you don't, you're bad you. God says, I'll do it all for you. And as, as all of this is going on, one of the things that I hold on to, because I've talked to people that have told me, your God was not there for me. And Jesus on the cross, he felt that. And he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because the Father turned his head for that instance to let his son pay the penalty for us. And it was not easy for the son. If you understand the extremity of what Christ did for us, it will never be religion to you again. It will be a relationship with the Almighty. But before he went there, before he went to that place, he had to feel everything 
he said as they laughed and I could just see Jesus and the one he had every all this buzz going on the people the people the people he said father forgive them for they don't know what they're doing and if you've ever been hurt if you've ever been abused and if you've ever been abandoned and you release them and you say, Father, forgive them. First of all, because you forgave me. But forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. 